In this week's parasha of Parashah Chayisara, Avram sends Eliezer to find a wife for Yitzchak. Now, if we think of Eliezer as like a stand-in for Yitzchak, so then technically Eliezer went on a date with Rivka. Right, that's that's really what happened. Now he was lucky because it was a one and done uh, in a good way, right? He uh, actually they it worked out. Now, but if we study how he went about it, we can learn quite a bit about how the Torah looks and views and what the Torah's path of approaching dating and marriage is. And there's a lot to learn from it, actually quite a bit. But in truth, we're, we're going to focus on one thing: how he began the process. So, what is the very first thing that Eliezer does? He davens. First thing he does is he davens. He asks Hashem, find me the right girl. And we can learn about how he davened and what he said. And not only apply it to understanding how Shaduchim work, but it really can apply to davening in general. Today, um, just past Thursday, was my father's yard site. He's a Baruch. And uh, my nephew, uh, Chaim Frank, he did such a special thing. He surprised us by the, when we got together for the yard site. He had gone through my father's desk and he found all his notes that he wrote uh, to prepare for the speeches that he gave by various simchas. Um, and he transcribed them, and he made a little, uh, like a little contrast uh, out of it. So very, really, really, very, 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 very nice. Very touching. Uh, my the speech he gave by my um, <clears throat> the speech he gave by my my own Oshruf is there, uh, and then by various nephews and nieces the speech he gave by their sheva brachas. So, by one of my uh, nieces, I believe, Sheva Brachis, my father said, <coughs> he said that he went to see the Square Rebbe one time. Now, the Square Rebbe is my father's age, and he actually was in my father's class uh, way back when, when uh, elementary school, middle school, I'm not sure exactly the age. Uh, my father would say that the square, they all they used to play ball by recess, but the square rabbi's father, who was then the square rabbi, didn't want his son to play ball. So instead, he was always chosen to be the referee. <laughs> he wasn't playing. Uh, but in any case, um, my father went to visit him, and he asked him for a bracha, for Hatzlacha, and finding Shaduchim for his children. And um, my, uh, my father said that the square rabbi told him that in our family, uh, now there's a square, a square rabbi's family, they say that the same way Chazal compare finding a shidduch to Kriyas Yamsef, as is Kasha, Zivuga Shaladim, Kriyas Yamsef, it's as difficult to find a shidduch as it was difficult for Hashem to split the, the, the ocean. So he says that what we understand that to mean is that just as Kriyas Yamsef only happened with a Vayitzaku, with Kla Yisrael screaming out to Kaddish Baruch Hu, so Shidduchim too. It only happens if it's preceded by with a Vayitzaku. You need to scream out to Kaddish Baruch Hu for if you want a Shidduch to happen. And my father um, noted that Vayitzaku is the language that used uh, by the Jews in Mitzrayim, right? We say uh, we say it in the Haggadah, and it's a Galashem. And what it means is, you know, when people realize that all options are closed and there's nothing that's going to work anymore and you have no one to turn to except for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's when it's Haku. That's when you scream out out of desperation. Like, we have no one else to turn to Hashem. What are you going to do for us? That's the kind of trila that you need to proceed looking for Shiduchim with. Now, what I found more specifically over here, what's interesting is that the, the trila that Eliezer starts with, after it says, Vayomer Hashem Adoni Avram, the first word he says in his request is hakre na lefanai hayoyim. Hakre na, right? The, the shirish of the word hakre na basically means please make it happen. 
that a girl should come in front of me. Hakre, though, is mikre. Make it happen. Now, we know that mikra, right, almost always is used in conjunction with something which is the opposite of hashkacha pratis, right? It's, it seems to connote something that happens by itself, a mikra. Hakre na, it seems to be saying, let it just happen, right? A happenstance thing. So now, how could Eliezer ask Hashem to create a mikra? That's an oxymoron. <laughs> if it's deliberate, it's not a mikra. A mikra means it happened by itself. What is that supposed to mean? Hakre na, make it happen by itself. And uh, what's even interest, even more interesting about this is that in Parshas told us, when Yaakov Avinu comes to Yitzchak and brings him the food that he had requested, and Yitzchak thinks it's Esav, and he notes that he got back so quickly, so uh, Yitzchak asks Yaakov Avinu, Madua Mihartan Lavayem, how did you come so quickly today? To which Yaakov Avinu answers, Ki Hikre Hashem Your God, Hashem, Hikre Lefanai, He made it happen. To me, that I found the food very quickly, but the Dazakanim says a medrash, the Yaakov Avinu made a whole explanation out of this to Yitzchak, and he says, "You Yitzchak Avinu, you're very accustomed to this kind of mikre. Why? By the Akeda, you when Hashem told Avram Avinu, don't shecht Yitzchak. What happened? An ayel just showed up." It was a mikra, right? A, a, a ram just happened to show up, and then when you want, when Eliezer was trying to find you a wife, he said, "Hakrena." Rivka just showed up. Likewise, this just showed up. I just found the food. Now, when you think about it, what does that mean? I mean, you think about it. The isle, right? That ram that showed up by the Akeda, that was the most extreme opposite of happenstance that's possible to have ever existed. Why? Rashi says, Vihine isle, he says, Muchan So this isle was created the first day of, whatever, the first week of creation, and was waiting since then, till its first opportunity to come and be shechted in the place of Yitzchak. It was the most deliberate thing in the world. It was from the beginning of creation it was waiting for this to happen. Right? How is that a mikra? There's nothing mikra about that. That was total a deliberate act. Um, and likewise, Yaakov Avinu, when he's referring to him finding food as a mikra, it was nothing mikra about it. He didn't go hunting. Uh, Rivka gave it to him, and he served it. Right? That was not mikra. It was deliberate. Um, and, and likewise, the same thing is that Rivka, when Rivka was found for Yitzchak, she was found. She wasn't fa- found. In the end of last week's parasha, Rashi says that Hashem told Avram Avinu when he left Akedah that Rivka has just been born, and she's going to be Yitzchak's wife. And she had to wait. She had to grow up a little bit before he married her. So there was nothing mikra about Rivka. It was all planned. Abraham Avinu already knew, Benavua, when as soon as she was born, that she was going to be the wife of Yitzchak Avinu. So that what we see from all three is that, when, that mikra actually is the extreme opposite of a happenstance, of a chance. It's the most deliberate thing is what we're, be, what we're calling mikra. So what I think this means is that and I think the Malbim explains it this way, is that the, the word Mikra doesn't exclude Hashem deliberately doing. It just excludes anybody else doing it. It excludes any other factor playing a role. Now, if a person is an atheist, like Haman Harasha, or like a Malak Yimachshamam, so for them, a Mikra, there is no Hashem, right? They're atheists, v'shalom. So, yeah, nothing else caused it, so it happened by itself. That's their translation of a mikra, but for a a believing Jew, it's the opposite. When something is a mikra, it's 100% clear that Hashem did it. 
there's no way to fool, to fool yourself in thinking that anybody else did it. For example, right? Someone wins the lottery. Let's think about it that way, right? When you win the lottery, there's absolutely nothing you did to make that happen. You bought the lottery ticket, but there was no involved. There's no way you can fool yourself in thinking, oh, I was so smart picking these numbers, right? No, no, absolutely not. Totally random. And uh, there's nobody else that did anything to make it happen. So when that happens, it's a beautiful, pure mikra, which means that Hashem just gave you that money. And now you know it didn't come from anywhere else. That's what mikra really means. Mikra means that it's 100% clear hashgacha of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And, you know, like I said, if a person chooses to be an atheist, so then he's just stopping. He's stopping at the end because he doesn't want to go and believe that there's a Kaddish Baruch Hu. But that is essentially what it means. And that, that is what Eliezer was davening for. On the contrary, he was davening for Hakreina bring Rivka here in a way that it'll be clear that it has nothing to do with me, it has nothing to do with anybody, it is you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who is bringing Isa HaChachta Adaini. that you are demonstrating that this is the correct wife for, uh, for, my, for my master's son, for Yitzchak, which is exactly what happened. And that is the essence of how Shaduchim need to happen. And that's why he davened that way, because that's the way they always happen. My Rosh Hashiva, Rav Azban, would say that, I think it was, he told to me when I was in Shaduchim, but it could be it was a later time. He said that there's no situation like Shaduchim that brings us to our knees. And the uh, funny thing is, I think it's actually hinted in this week's parsha, because immediately after Eliezer's tefillah is answered, it says, Hashem. He kneeled, and he bowed down to Hashem. Now, later on, when uh, Lavan accepted the whole thing, and he said, you can go with Rivka, it says, Hashem. he prostrated himself, he bowed down to Hashem. And that's the way you give Haidah to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You, you, you demonstrate full uh, uh, subjugation that you're Maidah to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But Vayikaid only says over here, which is that he kneeled, and I think it's just a demonstration of humility. He was brought to his knees by this situation because it had nothing to do with him. Kneeling is just giving up all strength. It's not for me, not me. I know, I know it's not me. That was, that was the, the shirish of the way a person needs to daven for Shidduchim. That's that's That is the only way to daven for Shidduch is Vanitzaku, recognizing there is no other, nothing else can make it happen. And there's a little bit more. I just want to add that you can learn over here about the davening process for Shiduchim because there's another fascinating point here. On the word Vayoymar, which is the first word that introduces the tefillah of Eliezer, there's a very unique tam, a unique trap. There's a shalshalas. There's only four in the whole Torah. Shalshalas is the, if you look in the Chumash, it's like shaped like this. It's shaped like a rope. That's why it's, shalshalas means a chain or a rope. So that's why it's called that, and it's a very funny sound. If you've ever been in shul and heard it, it uh, goes, Vayayimar, a very drawn out truck. So that's, uh, that, that, and it always, it always uh, communicates that, that it's something drawn out and long. And the Mepharshim say it has three meanings over here. Number one, is that he davened for a while. And not only did he daven for a while, he didn't stop. He just kept on davening. And what happened was Hashem stopped him because Hashem sent Rivka. So he only stopped because Hashem made it happen. So he, didn't, he, had to, he was able to stop davening. So you don't stop davening. You just keep on davening. And then the word, there's actually another trap right after the word of Ayyemar. It's called a psik. It's a vertical line. If you look in the sitter, and that, and the shechumish, and that means you say the word and you stop. Because that's what happened. He davened, and he only stopped because Hashem stopped him. That's number one. Number two is that the um, 
that the the word shalshalas is really shalosh because a, a rope is formed out of three strands. And Mefarshim says means two things. He he means he damned three times, or it means he just kept on repeating himself. Again, when you daven Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem is getting tired. He doesn't get tired of the tefillah. Uh, you don't have to come up with something new. You could just say the same thing again and again and again and again and again. And that's the way you daven, and that's the way Eliezer daven. And last thing is that the kind of approach he took was deliberate. That's Shalshalas. It's slow and it's thought out. And Eliezer actually crafted a very, very unique kind of tefillah. And Chazal talk about it. It's a lot of interesting things about it. We just pointed out. Hakre, also an interesting thing. And that's the essence of the tefillah of Eliezer. And that's the way we have to daven for Shaduchim. And in truth, it's really the way we're supposed to daven for everything. But in Shaduchim, there's no other way to daven. <laughs> and in the, 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 the way to daven is to realize Vanitzak and Mikra, it has to be, it is going to happen solely through HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hishtadlis is just going to be that, Hishtadlis. Once it happens, it'll be full recognition. That really had nothing to do with it. And the tefillah itself is a continuous tefillah, it's a repetitive tefillah, and it's a deliberate and thought-out tefillah, and that's how we approach davening for Shaduchim if we truly want to be Zecha to Siyat HaDishmaya. May my father's neshama have an aliyah, uh, the the zechar of um, Rav Moshe ben Dov Halevi should have this this um, sh- this shir and other shirim should be a schus uh, for his neshama. Have a good night and a wonderful shabbos.